Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rugby League Talks podcast. I'm Keegs. I'm Jacob. And we're back for another week. Uh, consecutive. How many? This is like four consecutive weeks. I think this is our best yet. Yeah, we've been doing pretty good. Uh, we've just, obviously with me not being at uni at the moment, we've been able to set things up pretty well. And obviously we've got the new mic as well, so we've got the right setup, and it's pretty good to just rip into it. Yeah, 100%. Well, speaking of ripping into it, we're actually going to do the teams live. We're going to pick them live. So, we are. Random number generator. Or, oh. We've Let's got see. the Panthers. Oh. Alrighty. Number two. Let's go. Oh, you're going to be a happy man. Got the Broncos. Oh, it's exactly what I was waiting for. Couldn't be more happy. And then, last one of this week is... Oh, the Dragons. Lovely. Alrighty. Well, who should we get stuck into first, do you reckon? I want to go Broncos. Alright, let's go Broncos then. Um, so, as of this recording, it has just been announced that Tessie New looks like he's going to be leaving the Broncos. Yep. So, that's a bit interesting. Now, Jacob, you you mentioned this before the podcast. Why is this big for you? Uh, it's big for me because I think when it comes to the Broncos and how their fullback depth is looking... So, they've lost Tamari Martin, and they've brought in Reese Welsh, and that changes how their first tier fullback is going to be working. They've got Jesse Arthurs coming back from loan, so it obviously, it, with their with their depth, it makes sense that Tessie New isn't there. However, it's their centre's depth that probably concerns me, because we did see a few injuries to both Stags and Farnworth. And when you have both of their fullbacks going off, and you saw the people they were bringing in, and I think that would actually be a decent opportunity for them to use Tessie in first grade. However, obviously, he thinks that there's a better opportunity at the Dolphins, which makes sense. But I just, I don't know. I feel like this is another case of the Broncos letting someone go where they really could have developed him into something. Because Tessie knew the biggest criticism of him has been his defensive organisation and his positioning. But... You, you have to remember, he's still really young and inexperienced in his NRL career. And I don't, I don't think it's like an effort thing because if you see his work rate in attack, like he's constantly looking after the ball. He's constantly trying to hit his centre with passes. You know, he's, he's a very dynamic weapon when it comes to when he's running the ball, when he's passing the ball, setting people up. He's very electric. Um, very similar to Walsh in attack in terms of the same strengths, except New doesn't have that kicking game. Yeah. And Walsh is much more refined. However, I think it's just a really weird decision from the Broncos to kind of bring back the guy that they initially kicked out because he wanted to play first grade. And it's just, it's such a weird thing to see Tessie New go. And it means that I actually personally think it raises the stakes of the Walsh signing a bit. This seems like a bit of a weird take because I know that New wasn't really their fullback anyways because of Tamari Martin. Yeah. But they've gone they've gone all out on their great defensive organizer in Martin, who was solid, position, plays the ball well. 
and they've gone all in on Reese Walsh, who is electrifying an attack, but he's a bit of a wild card. You know, he's had his off-field issues, and he's also had, you know, his problems defensively. So if Tessie New goes and plays well at the Dolphins under Wayne Bennett, whether it's in the centres or at fullback or in any position, does that does that make the Broncos look even sillier, I guess? It's a pattern, isn't it? Because you have... Yeah. It, it just seems like this is what the club does. They play these young, exciting talents too early. They don't do too well. They put too much pressure on them. They get benched. They get cut. And then they go, okay, I'm going to look for an opportunity elsewhere because you're not treating me right here. Tom Dearden, Keenan Palacia, Walshy, kind of. Um, there's that hmm. guy recently. There's that young fellow recently. Yeah, I, I know the one you talk about, the one where he didn't get the top 30 spot. Yeah. Um, but that, that one's a weirder story with Carl. Um, I think, same as maybe Palacio Walsh, I think they were trying to do the opposite, and it makes sense. I actually think the Broncos handled the Walsh thing well. I just think it's really funny that they brought him back. Yeah. Um, well, especially wasn't it a contract when... thing that you could only he could only sign up to Broncos or something? I don't know. It was yeah, weird. it was if he was released early or something like that. It was... It was a really weird one, but I'm yeah, guessing that they probably... Honestly, I think that maybe the Broncos had this in mind when he was going, and yeah. that it was probably just assumed that Walsh wasn't really planning on going to New Zealand. Well, he um, hasn't even played the... a single well... game for the Broncos yet, and he's already gotten the off-field trouble with David Fafida, another bro... another young, exciting Broncos prospect who has left the club and gone to another Queensland club. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really blame the Fafida one because of the massive amount of money that the Titans did offer him. Yeah. Um but it's yeah, it's I think it's more when guys like Dearden are leaving when realistically like because when Dearden's manager came out and said that the Broncos didn't even give him an offer at some point. Like that if it's true, obviously yeah. assuming it depends how much you want to believe a player manager. But that was such like an alarming thing, especially because, you know, he was bounced in and out of First grade. first grade into whatever random positions, and he didn't really get a chance to develop his game. And he was also, you know, thrown into the deep end as a seven when his play style was He's more suited him to being a six. Yeah, because, you know, in high school, he was playing with Toby Sexton when Toby did all the kicking over at Palm Beach Crumbin, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's just a really weird, you know, the Broncos. And I'm also a bit puzzled with Tamari Martin. Uh, I'd love to know how, if very hard, they fought to retain Tamari. It seemed out of the blue, didn't it? Have that signing? Yeah, well, the the Warriors one. Because it's good that Tamari, you know, he gets to go to New Zealand, uh, where he's from. But it's also just really like... Because with the Broncos, I think they played some of their best footy when they did have Tamari there. And also when they had 100%. Farnworth. Um, so it was... It was really funny to see how that works. I'm guessing that... Because I personally thought what their plan would have been would have been to have Tamari play there for a bit and then develop a fullback in the ranks with New. I, I 100% believe that. Like, you said earlier that the full... I don't think... You said earlier about the centre's depth. I don't think the fullback depth is... Still is damaged at all? Yeah. Well, they're bringing in Tristan Saylor too, I think, on that? the training trail. I don't know if he's a top 30 member, though. That's something I probably should know. Well, 
I don't, yeah, like I said, fullback depth, I don't think it's damaged. You got Cobo, you got Farnroof. It is that sensor spot that is heavily damaged. Mm. And you would think you would want to try try and retain Tessie for that exact reason. But Yeah, well, he can cover both of them, and he initially was playing in the centres for the Broncos Yeah, uh, before he became their first-choice fullback, I believe. So They also, like, we'll, we'll get into the losses soon. There's one more loss I'd like to mention, though. Branko Lee, they just lost Branko Lee to the Dolphins, who yeah. also played centre for the Broncos in 2022. Yeah. Well, there's another one. And then in terms of just outside backs depth in general, you've obviously got David Mead, who retired. Mm. Um, I think with the fact they've got Jordan Pereira, though, I don't think that's too big of an issue. And also you've got... I think for the centres that Arthur's coming back from loan is a really big thing. Yeah. Um, that is, that's true. Um, Arthur's... He showed some young prospect talent at the Warriors when he wasn't injured. Uh, I think it was yeah. even against the Broncos. He's, he did like a uh, sort of double and he's really good. But yeah, he's, he's not the worst player, but I don't think he gets much first grade time. Hence why he went out on loan and he got yeah. a little bit more. I, I thought all of this, like all this young talent leaving would have changed once Ben Eichen arrived. He, um, I think Ben Eichen wasn't spoken enough about this year and how he was able to get Adam Reynolds. He was able to... He was even able to get Walshie back, I believe. But the way he managed this club and was able to turn it around at some har, at some bit. Do you know what I think the biggest testament to the Broncos' management was throughout the past year? What was that? Keeping Payne Haas. Yes. As as simple as it sounds. And I also think the Broncos fans booing him during the contact saga was a bit... eh. Like, I get that Payne Haas comes with his dramas. Like, obviously, now his mother has the legal issues. But for, you know, Haas, he gets injured nonstop. But he doesn't He doesn't take time off. You know, he's out there playing with both busted shoulders, a ridiculous amount of painkillers, and he's still one of the best props in the NRL yeah, as still he does that. Dally M prop of the year. Yeah, so to talk about things like kind of accusing Haas of having a bad attitude as it feels like, or putting the himself before the club. I feel like he's done a lot of putting the club before himself, to be honest. Yeah. And, and was one of the best players during a very dark time. A hundred percent. Like this guy was is so young like was so young when he debuted and his rookie season was one of the best for a prop. And he played Origin in twenty twenty and has been a regular mainstay in that Origin team for the past three years. I yeah, was very critical was... of uh, when, Matt, when Matt Hunter joined the podcast uh, earlier this year, we were both very critical on how the Broncos managed him with that shoulder injury, though, because I distinctly remember that he didn't even finish a training session that week against the Sharks, I think it was, and yep. he had to leave the field. Um, so, again, I think that's another like great, great to pass for even starting that game and playing. But it's another bit of the Broncos should be able to manage Haas better where he needs to have that injury management, much like the trail, much like Turbo. Pappenhausen now, yeah. we just learned that he's going to America. Well, I think with them, they had weird kinds of injuries. But with Haas, I think it was just he'd get the one injury, but then contact he'd keep... Contact to contact. 
injuries. Yeah, you just keep going and going and going. Do you limit his minutes? I don't think so. Like, I don't think you can afford to. Yeah, I don't think... Oh, it, it depends, because the Broncos' middle rotation, I think, has strengthened yeah, a lot. Especially with you... um, Paddy Carrigan back. Yeah, well, not just Carrigan, but you also look at other guys they've got in this rotation. First and foremost, you have Corey Jensen. Uh, Kobe Hetherington is also going to be in the 17. And Hetherington... Yeah, Flegler, of course, who is an origin-level prop. They did no, just think... lose uh, Ryan James and Reese Kennedy, who has gone... So, Ryan James has retired, Reese Kennedy has yeah. gone to Super League. And neither of them were getting many minutes, nor yeah. were they a big staple in that rotation. It's well, it's more those younger guys covering in. Speaking of losses and signings, let's go over signings uh, yep. foremost. Uh, big one, Reese Walsh coming from the Warriors. Jesse Arthur's coming yep. back from loan. Jock Madden uh, incre- increases that halves depth that the uh, Broncos needed after Tyson Gamble was left. Yep. Uh, l- how do you rate those signings? I wouldn't even I consider would... Jesse a-, a signing. I'd just say it's yeah. Madden and Reese. Uh, I'd give it a C, C plus. Maybe. Yeah, C plus here. Um, um... I'm trying not to underrate Walsh too much, but I just think that he comes with the baggage. Broncos, yeah, well, not not necessarily just coming with baggage, but also the Broncos. I, I feel like this is an experiment they've already failed twice before, um, yeah. with having an all-out attacking fullback, and they kind of suffered the consequences of it with New. Now Walsh, he is a better defender with New. He is a better attacker than New. He is overall just a better player than Tessie New, um, but you still kind of bear the brunt of the fact that you do lose a lot from Tamari Martin. Just also like to add that Tessie New was never hooked from a game, but Reese Walsh has under uh, Stacey Jones. That's a, that is an absolutely lovely out-of-context stat. That is... I, I mean, that, but you speak about defense, that's the exact reason why... Um, while she was hooked from yeah, the game. Yeah, well, he got... And I think it was Harris Tavita who came in, I think. Yep. I'm trying, trying to remember. Harris Tavita, he was a surprisingly crafty fullback. He's really going to be missed in this next year of the NRL with his break on footy. 100%. Um, not just year, but however long he's out, uh, just because he just seems like such a chill dude. You know, he's, yeah. taking, he's taking his time off to travel the world and write his blog. That's, like, the most, like, chill thing a footy player has ever done. Yeah, I it's, love it. It's good as. Good on the bloke. It is, and I think in the context of like an era of having mental health stuff, that it'd be even better if we just had more and more people that were taking time off footy just because they... They need to. Don't, yeah. They just don't... Just because they don't feel like playing footy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Well, really fascinating with the Broncos signings. Well, I think that The losses, depending... I would say, are even worse. So I yeah. think they, I think there is more, but they've released, because I did these documents prior to the first episode of this series. Um, yeah. Branko Lee, Dolphins, David Mead has retired, Tamei Martin, Waz, Ryan James retired, Tyson Gamble, Knights, Jake Turpin gone to Chooks, Zach Hosking, which is the one I was surprised about, gone to Panthers. Yeah, that is, that is, Devastating. He I, runs a great line. He didn't get much play time. But again, he's, he's a good player. 
another young talent that showed potential leaving the Broncos. Testing yeah, you, Reese Kennedy. Yeah, I think some of these, some of these are obviously bigger than others. That should go without saying. Mm. But for example, say the fact that they've lost Tamari Martin, I think, is pretty big because he. There are things Walsh can do that he can't do, but Walsh is going to have to make a massive step in his game defensively for him to be able to steady this ship the way that Tamari Martin was able to. Um, he does add an extra dimension in attack, but it depends if you think that attack was the Broncos' big problem last year. I personally don't think it was. I think was they were pretty defense. exciting in attack. Yeah. Now, the Broncos, you can tell, because they've let so many players go and haven't recruited much, they're kind of just banking on improving what they have and having a healthy team. Mm. Now, I think that the guys that really need to step up this year because it's, uh, they're going to have Ezra Mann. He he was pretty good in his recruit campaign, I think. He I think was... He, I just didn't like him in defense, going to be honest with you. I yeah, think he's, he added to that defensive effort that was lacking, especially at the back end of that season. Uh, I think his effort was fine. It was just some reads. I think there's... Given his size, I think he does better defensively than some other fullbacks that are much larger do. Like, I see Matt Burton get flat-footed much more than he does, mm. same as you know, Adam Dewey. Um, but it'll be something he works on. Um, I think he's a very exciting player. It's great to have him develop next to Adam Reynolds. But he also does need to... If the Broncos want to improve, they want to actually make finals this year because that's like, let's be honest, that's why they're doing it. That's why they're bringing in Reese Walsh, and it's ultimately that measure of success as a football club, especially in a mm. high pressure, high intensity market like Brisbane. And I think that that's what they're gearing it around. Some teams have kind of let a fair bit of wood drift away and not brought in much. And I think the Broncos are there specifically because they want their young players to step up. And I think it'll be, like, Pakes, Ma'am, and I think... Walters, in my opinion. Yeah, Walters to an extent, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we see Walters take on a reduced role. Because I think Tyson Smoothie is also someone that they've signed. Um, I mentioned him in the Supercoach podcast, and you said, and I quote, I don't think he'll see much game time. I don't think he will but he could. I I just it's... think there's a reason why they played Billy Walters at nine at the back end of that season. He played majority nine. He does a job. He can do good defensively. Is Pakes a better dummy half service? Yes, with his passing. I would have thought you put, from what they're saying, what, what I saw last year was that Walters is that starting nine. And then Corey and comes like, on to that effect. It's kind of like the um, Mitch Kenny Appy Colasau effect that uh, was going. Yeah. You start off with Billy, and then you bring Pakes on. He gets that running nine, get that good service, the service that wins games for to allow Reynolds to open up, to allow him, allow that time for him to kick, um, allows Ezra to play more uh, away from the ruck more and. He doesn't have to be tight around the ruck. Uh, there was a try against the Raiders last season where uh, there was a really good ball to Mam 
and it, he was nowhere near the ruck. He was actually doing a sweeping play. And it allowed that time for Mam to hot step. Um, I think it was Elliot Whitehead, and it, they just ran through the uh, camp camp defensive line. I have three stats for you that can sum up Tyson Smoothie's play style. Tell me, and, please. All right. So first off, in these are his Queensland Cup stats for Sunshine Coast. Ninety-five point four percent tackle efficiency. Oof. Uh, which is pretty solid. It's it's basically just where you want him. Uh, Billy Walters wasn't as great in that in the NRL. Obviously, these are two completely different levels. But Walters he was at six. A lot. Yeah, he just he was yeah, but he didn't play much. I think he played like one two games. Um, but then thirty five running meters, so not even close to being a running nine. Is that Walters though? No, this is a smoothie. Okay. Five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. What I just counted was the amount of times through the season that smoothie played eighty minutes at hooker. Sixteen. Yep. And what? So that how many? Um. Rams are we doing next year? We're doing 27, I think. Uh, yes, but this is based on the 19 games he played in Q Cup. 16 of them he played 80. Holy crap. And obviously the importance of that is because he's not running much. He tackles. He plays for 80 minutes. 84.2%. Does that, does, that, does that kind of build the image of Smoothie as a hooker for you? He's got a kicking game as well. Yeah. I would say he's more of that McCulloch, Reed Money type. Mm-hmm. So bringing him in, I think that if he plays, that the vision would be to have him as a nine while they kind of keep takes at that fourteen role. I if I don't think they start him. Honestly, this is not just because of like a. I'm saying this not because of a talent wise. It's of how the Broncos have handled these zone talents in the past. We keep going back to that. I will keep going back to that because that is what worries me about being in another young fella. Um, I kind of I, I like his play. From what you just told me, it sounds really good, and I think that's what the Broncos need. They need that like solidified nine. Do you want to keep swapping and changing that nine around all season? Absolutely not. Uh, it's a pivotal position, much because it's a spine position first of all, and we've seen how swapping and changing a spine position multiple times throughout the season has affected teams. Bulldogs is renowned for it, the their notorious 2021 campaign. I... The Dufty experiment. Sorry? The Dufty experiment. Yes. Okay. Here's what I'm going to ask you then. Yep. Smoothie, Pakes, Walters. Who starts? Who ben- Who's on the bench? Who gets cut? Pakes is the 14, no matter what happens. Unless he miraculously plays 80 minutes, all class, every trial game, he's your 14. Yeah. Um, I think you let Smoothie and Walters battle it out in the preseason for that nine spot because they're both 
you don't play Walters as a 14. Um, Smoothie, you could play as a 14, but you don't really want to. He doesn't have the running game that you usually want to take advantage of that ruck speed, whereas Pakes does have that craftiness to him. Which I like because so, we, like, we'll get into this best 17 soon, but you have Haas who can get on the front foot when you need him to. You have Corey Jensen, who's getting on the older side, but still get there. Paddy Cowgan, um, Wally Lewis, medal winner of 2022 origin. I love Paddy last year. Oh, my God. He was one of my favourite players to watch. And then you've got um, Flagler, who... He has some good moments when he's not been a fiery redhead, I'll say that. Um, but... He's, he was an origin prop. He was an origin prop. Um, 2021, game three. 21, 21 yeah. game three. 100% win rate. I mean, what more can you ask for, in my opinion? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's just he's just a larger Tom Dearden, really. <laughs> so you call him Big Tommy, and other Dearden was Little Tommy. In fact, if you Google Tom Dearden at one point... One of the top images was actually just a picture of Flegler. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. It's amazing. Fuck, that's good. I don't know if it's still the same. It's harder to find Tom Dean in content since he debuted. I'm not the original stuff. Tom Dean. It's it's the one where he's got like his shirt over his head and it's like so obviously not in because he's built like an absolute unit. No, it doesn't look like... I, I can't find it. It's all just him playing for the Cowboys. Yeah, it's... And... Times have changed since oh, Tom Dearden. Found it. You found it yet where he's got the shirt over the head? That's fucking hilarious. It's in it's the nines comp too. Yeah, it's it's pretty... Oh, it's pretty... that's getting saved. It's amazing. Alright, um, let's go over the best 17 then. Yep. Fullback, we've got Walsh, of course. You wouldn't put anyone else there after what you've just invested in Walsh. Uh, yep. This back line stays relatively the same from last year. Oates and Cobbo, yeah, ringers. Farnworth and Staggs at your centres, give Staggs early ball. Uh, Mam and Reynolds in the halves. Do you think at any point uh, Jock Madden gets a run? Uh, if Reynolds gets injured again, if Mam gets injured, or even if Mam has like a terrible run of form, yeah, but it would it would have to be pretty bad because obviously they've invested a decent amount of time in him, and obviously he he does have the makings of a good player. You know, he's he's definitely one of those players who's way too good for Q Cup, and you you want to blood him at some stage. He. Do you think, in your honest opinion, people okay, people were loving him when he debuted in a couple of games after that, but then they started like, oh, he didn't live up to the hype. Do you think yeah. that was a te- like a whole team issue or just a him issue? I think the performance of the entire team kind of went downhill just after Origin and when they lost Paddy Carrigan, maybe, and then Reynolds yeah. for like a couple of weeks. Oh. I'd say both, but I think it's pretty weird to criticise Mam for not living up to the hype because it was like, 
no one debuts and just instantly plays like at oh their best footy. Like there's always going to be dips in a player's form at yeah. some point or another. So of course, Mam gets them in the first season, and it's not about those dips themselves. It's about how he responds to that afterwards. You know, like JT has had some shocking games in his career. You, know, you can point to any any great player, and they've always had you know these kind of dents in their armor, these games that kind mm. of be seen as blemishes. But it's it's you know at, at risk of sounding like a Gus Gould speech before Origin, it's not about the failures that are setting you back as a football player. It's about your responses to them. You have guys like Milford or Roberts or um, pretty much just any big-name young talent that didn't live up to the hype. You take a look at how they responded to some of their um, mm. bad patches of form. And then you take a look at some of those guys like Cleary. Who was the young fella that you were speaking about a couple of weeks ago? He may be of Storm, I think that gave a lot of energy off the bench. Jonah Pezzett. That's him. Yep. That's something I think a lot of the young talents can look at and be like, holy shit, this guy's like my age and he's speaking like a first grader who's been playing yeah. for 10 years. Yeah, well, you know, he's got... You know, the people that were on the field at the time for his team, there were some... There were representative footballers out there. There were NRL footballers out there. You had Jaden Nikarima. You had, um, who else was out there? You had Dan Russell, who would go on to play in the World Cup just a few months after that. There were, you know, some quality players there. George Fire, who had a contract with the Royal Crows before. Oh, yeah. It's, I think the good thing is that we're seeing these young talents pushing themselves now. We don't, you don't have to, like, kick them up the ass and be like, Oi, what are you doing? Yeah. Um... Because they're learning all this stuff in the early grades, and they're having that, and that um, that's so footballers are like teaching them from like all the interviews and all that, which I think is amazing. And um, I can't wait to see more of it. I I hope I kind of want to see Jock Madden get in a top seventeen spot. I don't think it will happen uh in the early stages, but I want to. I I don't know why. I just have that feeling that he can be a good player. Uh, but man, he did. He lit everyone up uh, when he debuted, and I hope he. I just hope Broncos can find some form because they are they're a prestigious club. They're very proud of what they have accomplished. They've fallen into that rough spot. Um, they, they they. I will. I'll put it bluntly. They failed last yep. year. Their main goal. They, they even said it. Our goal this year is to get top eight and nothing else. It looked like they were going to achieve that goal uh, up until two weeks Pretty after. Up, up until the last two games of the season, basically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, once again, top goal is that top eight spot. Um, yeah. And I think this forward pack that I'm about to name can help it. Haas and Flegler starting props. Walters at nine. Give a... Uh, Smoothie some time to continue his craft in Q Cup. Cape Roll and Ricky at um second row. Paddy Carrigan at thirteen. Pakes, Jensen, Palacia, Picora at on the bench. Uh Brendan Picora. Great solid young talent that uh won the Q Cup grand final with the North Devils uh last year. 
uh, play second row, can run a line. I think I think uh, give him some time. I think put him in starting like a on a bench spot, and he could do some good stuff. Um, especially with uh, if Ricky Ricky needs to come off, uh, Reynolds can look after him. But uh, I've, I've got three players to watch this season: uh, Walsh, Walters, and Ma'am. What about yourself? I think you've named them. I just can't remember. Yeah, first and foremost, Cobra Hetherington is going to be in that starting seventeen. Um, okay, where would you put him? Hetherington, he comes in for Palacio. Oh wow! Okay. Um, yeah, he's mostly because with Palacio, he's moving to the Titans in the year after. Yes, yes, he and is. They, they don't really need to off much and Hetherington also is a fantastic talent I used to play hooker but he's moved into the middle forward position fantastic tackler can get a quick play the ball and he was also pretty much fantastic for them as he did play he's one of those patches of talent that came in through you know Farnworth Carrigan Flegler through that Broncos under 20s team okay um but due to his injuries he hasn't really caught on as much he's he's more of a cotter type middle forward than a flagler type middle forward and oh, he, okay. he'll definitely help the broncos a lot and i think that, that i think he makes the 17 once he recovers from his current injury i, I can't remember a lot of games of uh seeing Co- uh Havington play is he like a tackle so you, you've described him as cotter is he a tackle bot and can get like uh the front of a tackle is that what you mean yeah, he's he's got good tackling technique. He's definitely a guy that you want to have on your team, especially if you're the Broncos, where you did have that problem where you kind of just got sluggish towards the middle of the games. Yeah, he okay. is basically his record in 2022. He he played 22 games. Um, he won 12 of them and lost 10. Okay, so which is it's it's pretty 50. solid. Yeah, well, it's it's over 50, and not only is it over 50, but it's also, like, it's over 50 in a team that didn't make Top eight. the finals. Yeah. So you can see that they, they did improve big. They did improve when they didn't... Or yeah. they, they improved when he was on the field with them. Um, well, despite... So, what do they need except just, like, getting Top 8? We know they need to get Top 8. Um, what else do they need? Reese Walsh needs to have a good year, and he's a player to watch for me as well that you mentioned. My players to watch being Walsh, Mam, and also Staggs. I think Staggs needs to play much better. Um, 100%. He had a god-awful his, year. I, yeah, I wouldn't really say god-awful, but it was more just... He, there were so many times where he kind of just wasn't going after the Yeah, ball. he was in the back seat, seat belt like back he was, up, he, he kind of was... Yeah, he was letting the game come to him a lot of the time. And obviously, he was playing injured for a fair bit, so I can cut him for some slack for that one. But when Heathering, uh, when Herbie Farnworth was injured, it really stuck out more. And the reason that it stuck out more, because Farnworth is very different to Staggs in terms of play style. You know, Farnworth, he, he loves taking any early run out of his own end that he can get. He, he makes better defensive reads than Staggs does and generally just does all the dirty, tiny things better. 
Whereas mm. Staggs, he's he's amazing for that dynamite, explosive play. He's a very strong runner over the ball. And that's something that the Broncos do want to unlock. But I don't think it's about any of that for Staggs. You know, everyone knows that he can palm a guy into the bloody 22nd row or yeah. into the top, top deck of the MCG. if Mamorowski. Yeah, well, we, we all saw what happens to Mamorowski. But obviously, none of that really matters for Staggs. What matters is if he's, you know, making his assignments in defense and if he's helping the Broncos get out of their own end. I think that a kick return from Reese Walsh is one of the things that will help them get on the front foot, but they need to be able to do something after that. Um, so, with Staggs, last preseason, we spoke about that he needs, the Broncos need to play him. He needs to play at least 10 games, which he did, but. At that current time, we were thinking he need, he'll he be involved a lot more. He was not involved yep. at all. I, uh, not at all. Sorry, not at all, but like, he was... Imagine you're in Nowhere a, near yeah. the level of... What considering how much he's paid to play centre, you want him to be putting up much better output than he is, especially because you've got... Like, you've got Funworth, and put simply, when Funworth was gone, it made Stags look a bit bad. Yeah. Because he wasn't, it, it was suddenly apparent that the Broncos were really missing something in their back line, not just with the defensive reads, but also with the amount of hard yards. And yeah. Staggs, he's not, because you compare him to a guy like, um, what what kind of center? Manu, Hiku, Talakai, guys who just absolutely are constantly taking runs out of their own back. Can get 150 um, meters and like half of that is kicking into returns. No, yeah, not just not ki- really kick into returns, but just runs early in the sets out of the own end. Yeah, and it's it's possible to have two centers that t- take on a lot of the workload. I know. Like not, you look at Tungo and Crichton. You look at um, it's pretty much any team really that has two gun centers. The Cronulla backline. Yeah, the, the entire Cronulla backline. So it's not it's not as if Staggs isn't touching the ball because Farnworth is getting there and preventing it. Uh, well, even it's... my team were doing that in our comp this year. We were, like, in the middle of the game. Our forwards are kind of tired. They were trying to limit their, um, like, in, like, not involvement, but, like, we're trying to make sure they get that breathing room and we just allow them... We get the ball to come to them, so we'll just do we'll, our full back would, or our half would call back five set, back five set. So what that means, no one but a back five player takes a carry. So yep. boom, full back gets it off the kick meter return. Cool, center comes in, ringer comes in, center comes in, ringer comes in, kick on fourth down the field. Get Matty Hunter or our five eight to kick it downfield. And yeah, it, and that's, and we would gain a lot of meters from that, and it would make the opponents forward pack in have to be turned around, and that would tire them out, and then we could just suffocate them in their own half, and then get that field advantage. Uh, you can see that Penrith and Cronulla have done that a lot this season. It's what I think, like you mentioned, Broncos can incorporate into their. Uh, game. We know how good Cobbo is off the kick me return, Walshy, uh Oates, not as fast as those two, but can get some right. kick meters. Uh he's he's I think he's actually one of the best in the comp, barring maybe to at 
those early hit ups. The PCMs are really good. It's not even body. just the PCMs. He just because of his strong upper body, it means that he finds his front and he gets to play the ball. Yeah. He he always is a guy that's fighting and getting to his front. You never you you never see Oates just getting rolled onto his back, flopping around like he's a bloody magic up from Pokemon. <laughs> like he, he's not. He, he's he's a strong guy, and you see it in Origin where like there was that Matt Burton bomb, and then you suddenly see Oates, who's just when he does flop around is when he has the ball in his hand and he looks like he's accidentally running for a hundred meters a game. <laughs> uh, one of the blokes from the Cowboys Discord made that remark where it looks like Corey Oates accidentally runs 150 meters, and I don't think anything has resonated more with me. <laughs> it's it's not it's not accident. It's like that's, that it's, sounds like a lightning comment to be honest it, it wasn't lightning actually it was wayne um oh fuck so yeah this was before the time of lightning in the discord actually yeah right well is there anything else you'd like to add towards the bronco broncos before we move on they're going to rely on funworth being healthy a lot because I think he's going to kind of stamp himself as one of the comp's best centers if he stays healthy. Yeah. Because he he's a great athlete. He's smart. He makes decent reads. But most of all, he really puts in the work in the back line. Yeah, 100%. Um, alrighty. Well, do you want to do... Let's do the Dragons next, eh? Oh, jeez. Um... You know what, you know, there's a lot of um, things I could say, but you know what makes great pairings? Orange juice and breakfast, bread and Vegemite, Vegemite. but then there's the dragons and an aging forward pack, signing, so dragons, signing average aging middle forwards, I'd say, that's better. Uh, it feels so bad because, like, this isn't Ben Murdoch Masilla's fault. It it. I but, love how I didn't even say it, and you already know what I'm talking about. Of course I do. Every everyone knows it's the most recent Broncos signing. But it's like, how many times are they gonna do this? Like, it's it's so it's okay to just develop your own forwards. That's their biggest criticism. I'll even start. We have the Broncos. So this is the criticism here. We have the Broncos as a club development, developing their players and like not succeeding at times. But then you have a, a another club who won't even try to develop their f- players at all. It's ri- they're just ridiculous. Uh, they... Sloan is a perfect example of that. What's well, I think they they do an okay job at developing their backline players. It's a fool. Yeah, Fiennes coming in, Sloan, Ramsey, uh, they, it's important to note that Ruben Garrick was actually in their system for a while. Yeah, they, they can develop their backline players, but it's just like, obviously, Lomax as well, uh, not, not Suli, they, they signed Suli, but it's... Great signing, in my opinion. Yeah, decent signing, but what on earth is going on with the, the constant just buy 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 forwards surely their new south wales cup teams their their youth development programs are not so bad that they've just constantly got to go seeking for experience because experience is always a great thing to have 
it feels weird to criticize a team for having more of it. But like how it feels like the dragons just do this every year. See, there's this fellow. Okay, he's on the developmental list for dragons at the moment. His name is I may Shalom Offal. He's a second row and lock. He's currently playing for the knock-on effect team. I did a rookie watch uh, of him in April. And I thought at that current time he would be the best fit because we had, like, at that time the Dragons were having these issues with their forward pack. They didn't, they had some injuries. They weren't, like, they needed some developmental, you know, uh, butter, like, you had Jack DeBallon, Bird, Sewer, um, in there. Laurie, uh, congrats to him. He finally got his meat pie this year. And then you, you go and you sign Murdoch Masilla for one. Um, and then you go and get Zane Musgrove from Tigers. You get Jacob Little from Tigers. Uh, and you get Nick Louis Tosso. I can't remember what position he plays. Louis Tosso, I believe he was the middle forward for the Pride. Well, there you go. So they are. So that, stu- that's your decent young signing. Yeah. But is he going to get much play time? No clue. Like honestly, you look at the, like if you look at it, what I've done to this side, I don't think maybe Tyrell. Like I've put Tyrell Fumano, uh, best known for nearly killing. Actually, I won't say that. Ryan Pappenhausen at Magic Round. Um, Whoops. Yeah. Um, but. He could maybe get out of the 17 and then you put Nick in. But you also lose the losses for this are Jackson Ford, George, George Burgess, uh, Thomas Louis, Jack Krasowski, who's gone to Cows, and Andrew McCulloch. Um, all right, signings. What do you rate then? Jeez, I. How. Is it okay to just give them a D, to be honest? Yeah, I would put them a D. This is, this is horrendous. Like, this is... What's... Do the, what have they... What what hole... It, it just... <laughs> it feels like sticky taping over a crack in your wall. Whenever the dragons make a signing. Like, like it's... What did... Was, was Aaron Woods meant to be the saviour... It's oh, God. I didn't even big... put Ann Woods in the side, I don't think. No, I didn't. <laughs> and do you, know what, do you know what the big problem with this is? What's They're not that? actually developing their young players half the time. No. Like, you see, they kept shoving Moses Mbai in random spots instead of actually giving their players time. Um, and you're a Moses Mbai stan. I love Mbai. Yeah, I, I think Mbai's fantastic, but I think he's also a victim of his own versatility. Yeah. And it it also makes less sense when you have the opportunity to actually develop your players. The one player they have developed, really, has been Amon. But then you've also got the fact that Amon is now in court for allegedly hitting a guy with a hammer. So that... He, he probably won't even be playing. No, and then Jaden Sullivan he, just comes in. Yeah, well, you'd think that Sullivan comes in at six, hopefully, but knowing 
knowing, knowing what Hook usually does, they're probably going to find some weird thing where they, I don't know, move nope. Jack DeBell into six and make Moses Empire play in the prop position. <laughs> apparently, Honestly. this is just what we do nowadays. Oh, or he'll put Jack Bird in there. Oh, he will. That's a good call. He's going to put Jack Bird in six. When I see it happening. It's... When he's an edge player or a 13. I, I think he's good at 13. Yeah. I like him at 13. It lets him use his abilities. Well, okay. Obviously, none of that matters because Hook is the coach. Best 17 that we could... That could utterly change come round one because fucking Ben Hunt could be playing fullback and Cody Ramsey... I hope he's doing because, okay. Because Amon just... Randomly hit someone with a hammer, allegedly. Yeah, well, he's he's gotten into trouble. Um, so, obviously, that's going to change. Uh, well, what's happening? Is it... not? Uh, what is it? Is it like Luciano's little deal going on that he can't do anything at the moment? Or is it worse? Well, Luciano can train. Yeah. So, can Amon train, I wonder? Because... What is it called? No fault, not at fault. Stand down. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, that's the no fault stand down policy. What's the policy and that's currently being put in place um, for a moment? With well, uh, I'll check at the moment. I probably should have, but I know that they they've informed the integrity unit, and mm. the idea it's yeah because it probably might hit it because the charge that he's been given is 14 years imprisonment and yeah it's the previously no body, bodily harm yeah and the no fault stand down is 11 years or more so I wouldn't be surprised if it does mm. end up coming down to that that is what was going through his head my god I mean I've I've got no idea. I can't really say much about it, but it's it's more just like obviously that that kind of causes an issue. Yeah. Well, let's go to the best seventeen that I created prior to any of this. Cody Ramsey at fullback. Uh, this was before Cody. It was announced that Cody yeah. was in hospital. Uh, I hope there's, he's there's doing another okay. issue. Yeah, I I haven't heard any updates. Lately, I really hope he's okay, um, or always on like getting treatment and is on the up. Uh, Figi and Ravalara at on the wing. Um, Great wing pairing for Meteridge. Yes, hundred percent. Uh, and Ravalara um, can just—he's like Greg Marju. He's like Mike Acevo. Gone through a hole. Like it, it just bust you all day. Um, yep. Suli, uh, unless you have, unless his inside center is Lomax, because then he'll, then you'll be blamed for every little mistake that you, that Lomax makes. By Lomax. I believe that was the. Uh, I think, I think Rava and Suli play on the same side. Yes, I think they do. I I, I remember that um when Tunza did a tw- like did a podcast episode, and you know how he does those. Uh, if you don't uh. North 95 podcast, they put up uh, top three things the Cowboys need to do before every game. One of them was something I said to them 
um, and they said exploit the matchup between Lomax because he'll blame his winger for everything which he has done repeatedly. Remember when he threw a pass in the Cowboys game that went straight over his winger's head? Yeah. And then blamed him? Poor poor Tao Tao Monga having to cop the brunt of that. I was just like... And then, like, Lomax flick passes can be effective, but then he will throw them willy-nilly and it won... It will either cause momentum loss because then the winger has to pick it up, or the uh, the opposition winger sees it, plays at it, and then runs a runs a full length try. Uh, I think Marty Tolongi did that actually. Usually, they just get thrown into the stands. Yeah, that too. All that will happen. Um, the halves have got Amon and Ben Hunt. Of course, Amon is likely to change, as we said. Uh, I yep. put Jaden Sullivan in that sixth spot. Yep. Over Mbai or Jack Bird. It's uh, the most logical thing to do, but it's it is hook. Yeah, exactly. Um, Blake Laurie and Jack DeBellin start in props. Jacob Little at nine. Uh, one of the new yep. signings. And yep. I've got Sua and Billy Burns in the second row. In second row, and then Jack Bird at thirteen. I like Sua a lot. He. Uh, he got injured uh, against the Roosters on the Anzac Day, and then he wasn't the. And then it took him a while to get back, and then he was still recovering once he got back. So he didn't make a big impact. He was really good for Souths in the twenty twenty one campaign. Of course, he played in that grand final. Um, I, I think if Sua can play ten. Like, uh, and play a couple games, I think he can get back to that form. He's a big hitter, good tackler, um, can get on the front foot, which you'll need, and I think he's a great pain for Ben Hunt. Um, and then on my bench, I've got Mbai, Molo, Musgrove, and Ty- Tyrell Fiumanu. Uh, of that, where do you put Ben Murdoch-Masella? Is he in the best 17? Is he out? What do you think? I would not be entirely surprised if we end up seeing... I don't even know. Aaron Woods will be in here. Um, yeah. Whether, I... whether we whether we like it or not, um, he will be in here. But it's... The, the more you look at it, it's such a weird middle rotation. Um, that that their middle depth it's so weird because they signed Francis Molo who was an origin prop at the time and I don't think that's a bad signing I think when he's oh, used I love properly, Francis he's, I, yeah I think when he's used properly you know he he runs hard he's a big unit um you've got Laurie you've got DeBellin it's it's weird to see how they fit them all in and obviously because you've got Mosgrove and Foyan Manu there I wouldn't be surprised if Fuimanu is starting for second row instead of Burns. Mm. Um, Burns obviously didn't really play too much as a starting second row, I don't think. But, yeah, it'll be really weird. I I think he'll just be depth. Yeah, look, they have that depth there um, in the forward pack. I, it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, I can't remember who said it. I don't know if it was Ben 
But some Dragons players said if we don't perform well, we know that Hook will get the hook at one point during the season. Wow. Yeah. Hell of a thing to say about your coach. That's what I thought. And I'm like, that's, oh, what's that mean? Fuck. Um, oh, I'll, I'll post it sometime, but it's a, it's a ballsy thing to say, but at least everyone is aware of it. Hmm. Um, I even put up a post saying if Hook is hooked does Hasler come in and to my surprise everyone welcomed it and I'm like oh okay Um, not even just Dragons fans like Manly fans and all that so Manly fans generally think quite highly of Des Hasler I, I, think, I, think I, I think you'll find that the general NRL community really likes him. Yeah. I, I, um, he, he, he was a bit kooky at times, but obviously people remember him for things oh, like where he was... I find him He so was running up, running up the hill with Josh Schuster. You know, the, the things he does to care for his players. And I think yeah. a lot of people I think he inherited an absolute dumpster fire with that Manly 17, the Manly 7 situation. Yeah, because it was a poor fucking management on the club's behalf. But was, mm. Yeah. It was like, because it was, on one hand, you should be able to grow up and accept the jersey. I love how we've met, but, like, honestly, sorry to cut you off. I love how we've basically named the Manly Seven. It it, it reminds me, it sounds like they did something. It's like Ocean's hot. Eleven. It's... I was thinking the Barley Nine, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's Why do we always have, like, such ominous associations with groups of people and numbers? Exactly. Uh, I agree. It is so interesting and it's like It, it sounds creates... like they did something horribly wrong, but then they were but they just didn't play a game of football. But what the fuck? Not not to minimize it, but obviously comparing it to like the Bali Nine. I okay, I wasn't compa- like I, it sounded similar. That's what I mean. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean completely. I mean like it's it's just so fascinating, which, like, obviously they didn't really do the best thing. Um, neither party did. Like, yeah, neither party did, obviously. It's the point we're trying to get to. It's just, it's, it creates such a weird, ominous association with it. Yeah. And I like how, like, collectivized the name has become. Like, so many people have used the term, the Manly Seven. Uh, it's, it's like a boy it's band, BTS. Yeah, it's and BTS is going on tour, like when they've because they've disbanded and like they're doing their military service now. But oh. the Manly Seven can come in and be their replacement for every thirteen-year-old teenage girl. Look, the last thing we need thirteen-year-olds to be idolizing is the Manly Seven. Okay, yeah, true. <laughs> um, back to dragons, though. Where do you see... So, players to watch. I've actually got Sloan, Suley, and Little. I was actually a big fan yep. of Suley. I think he was underrated at times. He was a great center for Dragons last year. Uh, Little, mm-hmm. he's coming from the Tigers. Uh, being so, And Andrew McCulloch has now retired. be interesting to see how this team now... Perf- like, how Hunt performs with this yep. new hooker. Uh, because, of course, him and uh, Andrew are best mates. Uh, actually, fun fact. You know the boxing match that happened 
2021, it was uh, Josh Papali and Ben Hennett were fighting each other. Oh, I remember this one. Yeah. I was actually sitting next to Ben Hunt's dad. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And we got talking and we're like, oh, yeah. Um, so how it came up was, oh, yeah, uh, my son's seen Josh uh, hit the bag in the gym a few times in, or- in origin camp. We're like, oh, I'm like, who's your son, sorry? Oh, Ben Hunt Se- casually says it. I'm like, casually says it. What a great interaction. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, And then. Me and my big footy brand. Go Dozer. <laughs> me and my big footy brand and dumb little mouth said, so um, what do you think of uh, your son going to hooker this season? I'm like, oh, um, actually, gigs, they've just signed Engine and McCulloch today. They'll announce it next Friday. I'm like, what? When did you hear this? Oh, Ben told me Wednesday. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. I'm like, okay. What an amazing line. <laughs> so, I knew Andrew McCullough got signed before anyone else did. Well, and, and well, Ben Hunt's dad. Well, you could have. You could have dropped that absolute bobshell there. I could have. No. I also learned that Thankfully. Jake Greenville married Ben Hunt's sister. Oh, yeah. Ben Hunt, the Cowboys confirmed. Oh, fuck. No. Chad Towns no. was already there. Chad Towns oh, was Chad already Towns there. Still. Our glorious overlord, Chadwick. 100%. Um, yeah, that's... I dare say that you've retained the trust of Ben Hunt's dad, and if you ever see him again, he'll, he'll appreciate that. Yeah, I'll just shake his hand. Yeah, Ben will continue to tell him things. Yep. Um... Alright, who are your players to watch? I've actually put Sloan here because of Cody Ramsey's current situation. Mm-hmm. What about you? Who do you want to watch this season? Uh, I'm going to say both of their centres, Suli and Lomax. I think both of them made some pretty bad reads in defence a lot of the time. And despite Suli's brilliance, because I think he does have a lot of X-Factor in him, same as Lomax... Brilliance at the centre position is not really enough a lot of the time. You need to be making good defensive decisions. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to add is their entire forward pack because, by God, this is a very sluggish pack. This is this might be the sluggish, the sluggiest pack to have ever slugged. <laughs> um, the most sluggish, but it's yeah because it's you, you put in guys like Woods as well. Woods styles himself as a fast play the ball prop. This is an actual thing he said in an interview with Bloke in a Bar, but I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. He also criticizes people for not going to, not putting the club forward first, but then doesn't even show up to his own club's presentation night a week yeah, after saying it's, it. Yeah, he's uh, not even a week. It was a few days after, so it's pretty. Jesus. Yeah, but I will say that he is still vital to this Dragons team. He does need to perform at least a role. And because if you look at, you know, Blake Laurie, he's not... Oh, he's the sluggiest slug. He's a nut trucker. He gets gets you meters, but he won't get you a click play the ball. 
and that's going to be something that obviously little he's not really that quick either so this dragons team they're going to be playing off a very slow rock and when you have players like sloan and amon we don't really know if amon's gonna play but sullivan if he takes that spot he's also a pretty quick player it's going to be a very slow rock for ben hunt to work with and that's and the thing in today's not going to be much not much broken play which also means you don't get to see suli lomax ravalawa in open space and that's the thing in today's football economy you need a fast playing forward pack yep so they've learnt nothing over the preseason, of course um yeah well watch watch the dragons and cowboys game especially the first 10 to 15 minutes of it uh the second game oh, they played they together correct. they were yeah one team was just absolutely just not ready for the speed of that game i was coming out of and... the sheds i think of the Cowboys game, and I just hear they've scored two twice, and I'm like, what? And that was like the first 15 minutes. It, it was ridiculous. Like, it was just pure... It was flat-out domination. Oh, and the fact that they were, the Cowboys were in that spot to put two tries on them shows the difference between an elite-level forward pack an average level forward pack yeah well I, I would even go as far as saying just below average really um, taking into account the context of the new NRL meta with those quicker yeah. forwards quicker more leaner forwards that's very true yeah or you just get a tackle bot like Ruben Cotter yeah well it can it can be either of them yeah but um, at, at the very least, if you're going to have those slower playable forwards, you do need to mix them out with the fast playable forwards. Yeah. And who, who do they have there? So they've got DeBellin, who I kind of think is more of a ball player. Um, if, if I had to compare DeBellin to any other current forward in the NRL, I'd probably say Jake Trebojevic. <laughs> However, one of them is much more wholesome off the field than the other. And has played Origin in the past couple of years. Yes. Well, one of them wasn't actually allowed to play. <laughs> said <laughs> oh, off yeah. field indiscretions. But aside from that, I would say that you you don't really rely on him for quick play the balls the same way that you could for some other forwards. Yeah. Then you have who are we uh, who else are we? Jack Bird. Jack Bird. I think he goes okay. I was like his. All right. Jack. Well, once upon a time, Jack Bird was one of the best centers in the comp, and he got signed to the Broncos on big money to be one of the best centers in the comp, along with James Roberts, who was also one of the best centers in the comp. I'm seeing it. Um, I can't remember the last time Jack Bird was playing center. He's he's changed so much over the years. It could have been so, yeah. this year. I think he did play at one point. If I'm not mistaken, what's this? I think he, I think he played centre at least once this year. Just can't remember when. Yeah. Not much though. No, not much. Um. All right. I, I think we don't have to say what the Dragons need this year. It's pretty evident. Play your young talent, boys. Uh. Yep. Don't get hooked, hook. And yeah. Um. 
Let's move on to Penrith now. So, the the Premiers, back-to-back Premiers, I'd say, they they got some losses, they got some signings, but you never doubt Penrith now, I don't think. It was like, they've shown up time and time again. They've proven how, how elite they are and how good they can be. Um, with and without Cleary now. Uh, however, I will say their halves depth has been hit a little bit. Would you agree? I would agree. Um, they they have brought in someone to replace that kind of void that was left. Um. I can't remember who it was they signed. Is it Jack Cogger? Uh, yeah, Jack Cogger. Yeah. Uh, plays for, he played for Bulldogs. Uh, he plays 5'8 and halfback. He's only 25. Uh, so... He debuted in 2016. And he's coming from Huddersfield. So he's coming from, back from the... Um, Super League. So there you yeah. Go. Um, so I don't think it'll be the worst. But it... Yeah, because generally Cleary and Luai tend to stay pretty healthy. Yeah, it's they're, only... They're not... They miss Origin or one of them gets suspended. Yeah, and well, it'll be during the Origin period where we see them not really getting as much time. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be really fascinating to see what happens between then. But I think when you when you look at Penrith, I think it's going to be Appy losing Appy. That's going to be the big one for. Well, okay, let's go yeah, over the losses then. Appy, Coruscant, yeah. Kickout, big one, two big ones. Holy crap, Katoa, Isaiah. Well, Katoa. I'd say I, I'd say a small one and a big one. Ha 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 ha! That's as bad as my um, shoe joke I said a couple of weeks ago. I said um. <laughs> To our kind listeners who aren't quite understanding, it's because Appy Coruscant is short and Bill Kickout is tall. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's so much funnier when I explain it, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, Katoa going to Dolphins. Robert Jennings has left. Jermaine Hopgood, uh, Sean O'Sullivan, Charlie Staines. Losses. So... That's a straight up D for me. Yeah, you got two big, you got maybe three big losses with O'Sullivan um, as your backup half. He played a fair bit in uh, this season, actually, to be honest with you. I think he played at least 10 games. Yeah, well, that's that's the one where you're speaking about the halves depth. Yeah. Um, losing him is going to be pretty, like, yikes. Yeah, 100%. Because, especially because he did get a fair bit of usage. And he did relatively well, I'd say. Um, he, I uh, said, when I was watching the first game of the series, it was Manly versus Penrith. And they, they were on the, and I'm just watching Penrith play. They're on Manly not line. And I just turned to my dad and I say, it looks like Cleary's out there with O'Sullivan, but he's not. He's nowhere near the field. And he said, I thought Cleary was playing, to be honest. <laughs> so, he, to have 
meet so to have that sort of presence there and to play similar to Cleary shows how good of a player he can be. Wayne Bennett he has even said that I he's a great footballer and I can't rate the work with him. So but then you get this Jack Cogger guy. Uh he's played for Newcastle and Bulldogs before. Didn't do too well from what I'm looking at here. Uh he's only won twelve games out of eight. Uh, 17, 28, 34. So 12, 12 out of 34 games he's played in uh, NRL. It's okay, I guess. Um, wow. Yeah, so he's won not even a third, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. He did play for the Huddersfield Giants in the... Super League, I don't know how he's gone there. I don't watch the Super League, to be honest with you. So, I don't know how good they've been the past few years. Uh, But, they also gain Luke Garner, Zach Hosking, and Tyrone Peachy. Peachy's an odd one to me. He's coming back to Penrith. Um... He didn't play a lot last year from what I remember. And you also have uh, the signings of two uh, second rowers. Uh, we know Garner will most likely be the one starting because he's had he's got a lot more first grade experience compared to Hosking, as we mentioned at the start of the episode with uh, Hosking coming from Brisbane. Now you look at these signings and you then look at the losses and you go... The losses outweigh the, the uh, signings, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think mostly just because you have Kikau, who yeah. is like... Kikau, obviously, you have his play in attack, but you also have the fact that for his defensive pressure, it made him one of... Well, he made him outright the most valuable second rower in the comp. Um, and it's it's not really that close. No, no, because not, not yeah. It's it's not even close to being close. Uh, like the closest so, to him is Nanai, and Nanai's like good. He, you said about defensive pressure. Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities between yeah. Kickout and Nanai. Nanai's good, but he's not best player almost best player in a grand final good yeah 100% um I think it was like the first 10 rounds there was a lot of talk on like discord reddit and all over the internet about how defensively Nenai wasn't all there he would just give away like escort penalties away for fun at times yeah his uh yeah the escorting one with his line running yeah um Best seventeen. I f- see. Here's the thing. It it relatively goes un. It doesn't really change a lot, but it's the changes that affect this team a hell of a lot. Um, let's start yep. with the backline first, of course. Edwards, Clive Churchill, uh, Panthers player of the year, did absolute wonders for me. Uh, has improved so much from when he first started to now 
Like, oh my god, the fact that he didn't make a single rep team this year, show, uh, it didn't surprise me because of, like, the amount of fullback talent there is, but it, it was just so heartbreaking because I think he deserved a spot in at least one rep team. Um, on the wings, I've got Toho and May, of course, and then the I got Crichton and Ta- Tago or Targo, sorry, in centres, and then Toho and uh, sorry Luai and Cleary in the halves. Um, so that backline doesn't change at all. Uh, James Fisher, Harris, Moses Leota, as your starting props. Uh, that's been the starting props for the past two years. I don't see why you'd change it now. Not at all. Pud. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, big one. Mitch Kenny starting at nine. So Appy, of course, was uh, the starting nine for most of the the season, and then we yeah. saw how. That, that switched and it showed it was a lot better you know it um, it became better and it was more attacking flair for Penrith it killed a lot of teams when Aki, Appy came on hmm agree Garner and Martin so Garner has been the new signing replacing Kickout on the left edge uh, of course defensive I think that left edge loses not only defensive reads but far, like the ball playing and the fast play of the balls so we'll see how Luai's game adapts to that but I also think this is going to be a big year for Targo because he'll now have to step up more and be that ball playing ed, uh, be the edge ball player not just like kick out in Luai. Uh, of course, Targo did play second row back when he was in like knock-on effect. So we'll, we may see some of those skills transfer now to his uh, current game. Yeah. But, and then I got Isaiah Yo at 13. Uh, one of the best players out there. Uh, not only does he have great ball playing skills, but I also think his ball running is a bit underrated. He can get a, he can get on the uh, front foot a lot, and he can uh, break a few tackles if need be. Now yeah. this fourteen spot. Uh so from what I looked at, Ivan clearly likes to put a hooker on the bench, so I put Sonny Luke. It could be Ty, uh, Peachy at this point. I so it, I think it's between those two. I don't see why Peachy would get first dibs though, or like get the edge. Uh, Luke has played knock-on effect and he has played uh, within the Panthers system. Uh, it was actually Luke who played with Cleary and Luai in the NYC. Uh, was it What year was it? 2016 or... I think some of them were playing in 2015 together. Yeah. So they, he's got that uh, experience with the two halves, which is good. Uh, and then I've got Scotty Sorensen, Spencer Lanyu, and the Rick Gutter Dog, Jamin Salmon, <laughs> on the bench. Uh, Sorensen, great little pickup that uh, Ivan Cleary made. Very smart from him. Really turned his career around. Spencer Lanyu, another uh, St. Mary's boy that has grown up with Luai and the rest. Uh, can get a bit heated on the field, I will say, but he brings that 
good aggressiveness that I love in the for in front row forwards. That's why uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Jad Rahiga Hargreaves is one of my all-time favorite props. I know people are going to be like, "What the fuck?" But I love props who have that mentality of I will hit you first every time and I will win every tackle I'm in if it so needs to be. Um, yep. I love that mentality in a lot of if any player on that field has that mentality, I instantly love them. It's uh, what I wish every player had because I think uh, not only are they putting the team first, but they're making sure that they never let their standards slip. They've got that dog in them. they got that dog in them, yeah. That dog in them. Uh, unlike the weak gutter dog in Jamin Salmon. <laughs> I'm going to say that every time now. I'm a Raiders fan. I can, no, it's it's an all-time sticky line. It's amazing. It was so dumb, though. I remember watching that live and going like, "No way!" Like <laughs> he has not just aired all of this out. I I I spoke to someone about it at school, and they're like, we were just discussing it for twenty minutes, and we're like, "What the fuck was he thinking?" He, you know what he needs? He needs a PR rep. He needs someone to be inside uh, the conference with him and tell him what to say when a question is said. It'd be like Just a... Give, the, give them a button that cuts the microphone. Mate, that button would be worn out within the first press conference. It would be. It would be. Um. Alright, players to watch. Two big ones. Kenny and Garner. And Targo, maybe? Uh, so, what about you? What do you think? What do you think of this best 17? Um, I haven't asked you that yet. I think the best 17 is good. I think it's about spot on. Uh, I think Hosking and Garner might have to fight out for the spot, but mm. I don't, every, everything seems to point towards Garner, but I just really like Hos- Hosking. I think that's... So do you, Luke is my key player. What was I, that I think it, I think Sony Luke is my key player. Okay. I think he is going to be... So he's going to be there 14. We've already seen him play a fair bit. And it's going to come down to whether his craftiness can help and replicate what Coruscant was doing for them. Yeah. Um... Big shoes to fill. Well, probably small shoes, actually. But... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, I think... There's... So, okay. Would you say... This is the biggest... Oh, how, how can I word this? The pe- is this the... The biggest test yet for Panthers. They've this is their first time they've lost a spine player ever since they started their dominance in twenty twenty. Um, yeah, I would say it's it's a pretty big one, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I I think they will slip. I think that losing kick out is like. I think it's ridiculous, but you also have to remember they've still got Edwards. Yeah. They they still have their out and out best seven in the game right now with Nathan Cleary. They've still got 
of the best forward rotations of the comp. They've still got Yo. They've still got uh, Fisher Harris. You know, there's obviously as big of a loss as Kickout is. All they need is a second row that does their job, and I still think they're one of the best teams in the comp. That back five, like I just look at it and I go, "This." Oh, we haven't even gone into that. That's the... stupid. That's stupid. Good. The back five will just bash you into next week. Hundred ten percent. Like, like, you just look at it. Imagine being like, I don't know, an edge player. You, you're just defending a kick meter return. You go, all right, we've got Edwards out of the way. Cool. And then you see Toho line up. I was like, all right, we can deal with Toho. And then you see Critter. And then you see May. And then you see Targo. And we're like, can this stop already, please? And then you either kick from Cleary and then you got to turn around and you're just exhausted after it. Like... And then you have, like, Fisher-Harris running at you straight, coming off a kick meter return. I, I don't know about you, but that's a scary man. Oh, it's it's insane. And that's just again and again and again. And this is part of why Penrith have been able to be so dominant. It's... They're one percenters. Every time. They are the, they are the standard for one percenters. Yep. Um, it's going to be an interesting year for this team. I, I, I still think they're a top four team despite what other people are saying. It was like, oh, kick out's a big loss. They're going to slip horribly. They will slip, I think. Uh, that's usually what happens when you lose a pivotal spine player like Appy. However, it's their, tena- it's their tenacious, their dog, the dog in them. That the will, dog in them? Yeah. They're one percenters. Their resilience to get back up and be like, okay, lose one player, cool. Bring someone in and you make them do that job. Doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter if it's better as long as they're doing that job, that's what matters. And I love this team's mentality. Can they get a bit arrogant and annoying? Yeah, but that's also coming from a Raiders supporter who crit, like utterly gets livid whenever I see a Penrith fan doing the Raiders clap. Like I can't describe that emotion. Maybe if you didn't give us a stupid clapping thing to make fun of so easily, we wouldn't do it. Look, I don't know who created it, <laughs> but... Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to roll you up on the podcast. It's don't you good. fucking start, alright? I only had an argument with some bloke at work because of this. Oh, <laughs> he's my supervisor. Oh, no. And he's a Penrith fan. Oh, no. It, it was banter, like it was genuine, friendly Good banter. banter. It's it's so fun. I love that bloke. He's so fun to talk to. He's also like a big nerd like me. So, really, oh, it's fantastic. Then. Yeah, we we spent a shift literally just talking about Transformers because their new that's, movie was coming so out. Cool. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I pretty much just only ever talk with my coworkers about footy if they're ever down for it. <laughs> I mean, fair. No. I, I Honestly, what gets me in this side is how Luai will perform. Like, we saw in the World Cup how he dipped down against England in the first match. He buckled, he buckled up. He put his big boy pants on and he performed well. 
did he give away stupid penalties? 100%. He needs to control it because one day I think that will get him in a lot of trouble, uh, especially the way he acts on the field. Mm. Um, in origin, he's just the biggest pest. And I, and it, being a Queenslander, I hate it. But I, I guarantee you, uh, the Blues the Blues supporters are loving it because it's yeah. you just see us in a frenzy complaining about it on every little website we can. We we really do, don't we? Yeah, he gets under my skin a lot. I just, I just yeah. Um, and I think he got under Toho's skin at the best man speech. Oh my god, that was a train wreck. Yeah, that was that was something else. That I think. was it's, um, the drama's eased over it, but that was really something else. That was quality content. If Paul Kent, if NRL three hundred and sixty was still on the air, Paul Kent and Buzz would be having a fucking field day over it. Honestly. And I would watch it. It's probably for the best that it wasn't there. Oh. The last, the last thing that we need is even more. Oh, yeah. We would have been hearing about it for like a month. Yep. I, I bet five bucks now. We will hear one of them mention it within the first five rounds. That's a fair shout. Luwa, That's a fair shout. Luai will do something dumb. And one of them couldn't, can't help themselves and mention it. It's like, that, this bloke needs... This is my buzz impression. This bloke is a role me- model, Kenty. <laughs> Alright? He comes from Matt Druitt and he needs to be a role model. It, he oh. wasn't a role model to his best mates. He was a best man of his best mates' wedding mate. And honestly... Could not stand. There needs to be repercussions for his actions. That that's my that's my buzz. It it sounds like. Have you seen the NRL four twenty video? Oh my god, I love it. That's it, it reminds me of that. <laughs> Didn't don't the one of the blokes from sports bet do it? I don't know. The rough mark I, fella. I actually don't know because every year they do the Dally M red carpet and it's always uh, um, Hemi and that bloke I think the other bloke the rough mullet fella does it does 40 20 so yeah wow yeah I, I love those red carpet interviews that sports bet do it's so good uh, I remember one year they asked Tommy Turbo what his favourite injury was of the year Oh my god. Yeah, they don't hold back. At all. That is something else. I think they even did it at Pappenhausen this year. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. How did they react? Oh, they just laughed. That's a good call to just laugh yeah. that off. Um, and then they made fun of, like, Monster's suit one year because it looked the colour was the exact same as the red carpet. And then this year, they go, oh, so um, good to see that you're not wearing the carpet this year. Are you wearing the drapes instead? Oh, my my God. That was a good banter. That's a good banner, yeah. 
And then Andrew Fafita walked past and they said nothing. I wouldn't say anything to yeah, Andrew Fafita no. either. Fuck no. Stuff that. He's a big man that could kill you. He's he's massive. He's well, he's a tough guy. Oh. Obviously, we've seen it. We've spoken about it on the show when he retired. Hundred percent. But um, I think that's it for this week, bro. Do you got anything more to add, though? No, not really. Well, we'll be back. We've got two more episodes of this series after this. Um, wow. We've got Raiders, Rabbitohs, uh, Chooks, Cowboys left. Wow. Um, and then we've got one more team. Oh, Titans. Oh, we're going to have a field day on them. Ooh. We've wanted that one all year. Oh, yeah. All. But until then, what do we love, Jacob? We love our footy. We love our footy. Thanks, everyone.